The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, enjoying my weekend, staying inside, going through my vi- my my newly acquired vinyls and uh, that my dad gifted me. So <laughs> it's, uh, Ooh. it's been, a, been a pretty interesting weekend. Yeah, right on. I got a I got a record in the mail yesterday. I got one off Nick of Suburban Hypocrites and Inhumed today. And I was my first day back at work in two months, and my back is sore from standing for eight hours. So this is fun. <laughs> Whoa! No, no, no. Oh, the, yeah. the bass player for Inhumes' name is Murderlizer. Okay, let's get that straight. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> Here's the funny thing: I didn't know that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. Murder bastards tell me nothing. <laughs> Of course, these are all bands in uh, the local Winnipeg hard music scene, which kind of brought the three of us together unknowingly that, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't know that we're all wrestling fans as well when we all first kind of met. And then just through various different periods of time, it's like, what? Really? What? Oh, right on, right on. Before you know it, we're at we're 20 episodes now. I guess we've yeah. been doing this almost a year. Yeah, the milestone episode number twenty right now. Number twenty, it is, it is, it is. So yeah, yeah. So so far so good. Um, been having a fantastic time with this, and uh, looks like we are going to continue to do that because before we jump into everything, I just want to say. You want to keep moving forward. You want to keep going, introducing new ideas and kind of what we did, starting with this episode, to get a little bit of the friendly competition between um, between us and all that and give us something to think about, you know, for every time out. But with so many of these great pay-per-views and special events and whatever you want to call them, we kind of sat down and we said, hey, you know what we should do? Is we should each go over every special event or every pay-per-view, make our picks, and whoever gets you know the best record out of that is the champion. And then for the next pay-per-view, a special event, the champion out of the three of us has to defend the title. Same idea. And it's like, okay, well, it's a freight. It's a new year. And first up is impacts hard to kill. Podcast. Well, we had Genesis the other night, but I didn't watch it. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. that's from just... what I've heard. Uh, it was, uh, Aside from one match, it was kind of a throwaway show. Right. Right. It's kind of those those are kind of like um, what they were using the Clash of the Champions 
back in the late 80s, early 90s in the old WCW as to build up to the next pay-per-view. At one point, it was to fuck with with WrestleMania, but then they wisely said, well, here, let's start using it for us and not just against someone else. So now when I see these so-called you know, special events for Impact that aren't pay-per-views or whatever, it's like, oh, they're kind of using these now for like their clash of the champions. So good on them. Good on them. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for us to uh, sit down, hammer out these choices. I'm definitely, I've already said to Mrs. Snowy, Hey, we're ordering hard to kill next weekend. And she's like, yeah, I kind of figured because (laughs) we're, we're kind of stuck here in the whole Carino and all that. I'm not going out anywhere on a Saturday night now. (laughs) And she's, we're gonna she's watch a no rope barbed wire match in front of nobody. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. I guess she's kind of like, well, if I order him a pay per view, he'll shut okay, up. Then, then maybe, maybe I can keep him out of my hair for a while. Love, why are they throwing each other into barbed wire? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get her to sit down just to watch the barbed wire massacre. Her and my and my mother in law. <laughs> I feel bad for them doing it with no crowd because their adrenaline's not going to be as high and they're going to feel every bump in it. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the worst part about it is like they're literally like hurting themselves more than they should for no reaction. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can't wait to jump into that. But before we do, um, what's going on in the world of professional wrestling? I know just. Today, as we speak, okay, it's January 11th, and some stuff has already gone down um, right before, well, I guess it's Raw tonight. Mm-hmm. They've announced that um, Drew McIntyre has the Carino. Yeah, unfortunately, he was uh, he tested positive uh, just earlier today. They announced it. and So now, now he's in quarantine, and this is coming just a week after uh, their their, their match between or his match between uh, Goldberg was announced for the Royal Rumble. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's rather unfortunate timing. And I hope I hope for the the pay-per-view sake that he's able to recover in time and and do the match. Not that I thought it was going to be a really long match in the first place. But, yeah, I hope he's symptom free and and test negative in time for the actual event. Yeah, because, you know, I was thinking, like, one person gets it, and it it can go through the locker quite quickly mm-hmm. and all that. So it's it's like, what's going to happen the night before the Royal Rumble? Okay, 20 guys, uh, Vince, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh Yeah. That's yeah, it's a slippery slope for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone's or or it's a it's it, it's a sloppy slope. That's, yeah, apparently. a sloppy shop. <laughs> it's a sloppy shop. <laughs> also, before we continue on with that topic, I would twenty eight years ago today was the first Monday Night Raw. Oh wow! Wow! Holy shit! Jesus! <laughs> Raw is oh, almost as old. <laughs> Didn't think it was that long. I'm and that was the bra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one uh, at the old Manhattan Center as well. Yeah. Like it wasn't in the big arenas 
and all that. I think the Manhattan Center only held a couple thousand people or whatever. It was definitely I have the card in front of me. Ah. Do you have, do you have the results? Maybe share. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Yoko Zuna with Mr. Fuji defeated Coco Beware in three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> okay. The Steiner brothers defeated the executioners who were Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy in three minutes. <laughs> All right. Poor Gilbert getting killed in three minutes. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Shawn Michaels defeated Max Moon to retain the Intercontinental Championship in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, Max Moon got a 10-minute match for the IC title. <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker defeated Damian Demento in 2 minutes and 26 seconds. Don't even remember that guy. Holy shit. <laughs> and throughout the night, Bobby Heenan was trying to get in, but failed a lot. Oh, yeah. I remember those spots. Yeah. They've shown those over TV for... Yeah. for quite a few years. And this and was back... That was it. Yeah, this is back when Raw was only a one-hour show, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, now it's, what, six, seven hours now or something like that? Look, it feels it like feels- watching an eight-hour WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, it feels like... definitely feels but like... with no fun. <laughs> yeah, like, they could definitely, like, considering, like, how SmackDown is a much, like, more watchable show, maybe going back to two hours isn't such a bad idea. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think the powers that be are kind of calling some shots on that. AKA, well, we have sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. No one's watching your damn show, anyways. So <laughs> we have a huge <laughs> roster. Why are you only using ten of them, then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are you bringing back old people that can <laughs> that, in the words of Mustafa Ali, can't even walk? <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, hopefully, because McIntyre is actually, like, for all the shit that I give the WWF, it's just like, they're now, although I just, like I said on the show before, they're actually featuring a lot of people that I would actually care about more. This is probably the roster of people that I would actually enjoy the most and want to see out of any other time period guys like mcintyre like uh like aj styles these guys are at the top of the card it's just by now after how many decades the vince pissing me off and all that i'm just i'm just kind of tapped i'm kind of tapped at the point when i would want to watch it the most Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) you know kind of like how like like when you were, when you would watch new Simpsons episodes when it went, when it, after it turned bad, like you watched it for hope. You would hope that there would be like a one or two funny jokes per episode that you could remember. Or that you right. Talk to guys about it work at Monday, and that's like yeah. then eventually you just give up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy. It's a good way of looking at it. And what is this I'm seeing here about? Trump being banned from the WWE. Well, they're just not mentioning him by name or anything like that because, well, they like, first and foremost, WWE is an entertainment company and they don't really want to like push any like one sided uh, political views, even though it's pretty well known that Vince votes red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't want any political views being displayed on any WWE television, which is which is admirable, I suppose. Like he's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
and, he, and he's aware the majority or like a good chunk of his audience is uh, either uh, Latin American or African American. So bringing up Donald Trump, I imagine, could be very triggering for a lot of his audience. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And it just that's that's a reality, though, that we as wrestling fans, and I might have said this before on the show as well. The biggest company in wrestling right now is still the WWE and the McMahons are just so far in bed with Trump, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure a lot of our favorite wrestlers within the league and probably within AEW as well are all red, you know? Yeah, shall, yeah, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan, yeah, I think Tony Khan votes red or the Khan family probably does too. Mm -hmm. Well, they're all billionaires, so it makes sense. Like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that's just it. Maybe they don't necessarily like Donald Trump, but they just vote for the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, when I when I saw that, I just I had to snicker. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this is this is damage control, mm -hmm. especially with everything that went on in the at the Capitol Center and all of that. And they just don't. I guess they just then they they have shareholders to answer to, and you know when. When the shit went down, you know, at the Capitol building, I'm sure sponsors, shareholders and all that, they all got on the horn with Vince and said, what the fuck? You know, like what you, you've had this Trump, you've had this asshole on before. He's in your Hall of Fame, you know, and Mick Foley even tweeted, you know, we got to get this guy out of our Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I looked at that and I kind of went, yeah, oh, I, I understand what you're saying there, Mick, but um, it's not going to happen there. But yeah, you've you've known, you know, that that Vince was in bed with him for so long and you still cashed a check. So, like, I don't know if he should be, you know, going like if he was still like if 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 Foley was dead and I love the man like there are you know, very few really decent, good people, you know, in the world of wrestling right now. Okay. Mick Foley's up there. Yeah, for sure. Like, Oh, for sure. He's like a teddy bear covered in barbed wire. That's a good way to describe him. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, and he, but he's, he's known like from, you know, from be from being behind the scenes, just mm -hmm. how far the WWF is, and if he was, if he was still on the roster, if he was an active, well, if even even if he was still in wrestling, no good. Okay, good. I, he, I don't see he uh, he he wouldn't be making any tweets about getting Trump out of the Hall of Fame and all that. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show really what a farce the whole Hall of Fame really is when Donald Trump can get in that's just it's just a reflection about you know how 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 deep it goes with Trump the guy was what he rented out Trump Palace or whatever for a couple WrestleManias and he did the the hair versus hair thing and all that and but it's like oh, that yeah. that that's that's enough for a Hall of Fame you know yeah <laughs> and oh, he bought he bought uh, Monday Night Raw from Vince for one week, and made it commercial free for one episode. Uh, only, only on the USA Network, though. In Canada, we still had random commercials oh, pop up. Cool. <laughs> but and uh, then a week later, made Vince buy it back for double the price. Yep. 
Okay, yeah, but before we go too far down the political rabbit hole, we do have stuff actually relevant to pro wrestling that... uh, Yeah, I'm hoping I don't get a bunch of angry emails or messages in my inbox. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. Yeah, we we finally step outside the ropes for... I I deal with enough of those anti-maskers at work. I don't need this shit, Uh, too. Yeah. Well, not just anti-maskers, just like horrible people in general. That like you can't come in the store. Why you're not wearing a mask? So put it on or get the fuck out. No, fucking leave. Yeah, you you don't have to be here. You're not. I know. You're not allowed to swear at me. Do I look like I give a shit? No. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, take your phone that you t- use to tweet all your shitty opinions with and order your groceries online. Yeah, there you go. Well, John, there you go. The the store has curbside pickup. Mm. Well, so, uh, but you can't trust that though. You know those those people working there. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ordering this bitch again? Let's fuck. <laughs> this is why I don't work with the public. God, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, we we feel here. We feel for you, man. That's <laughs> sure. For sure, for sure. What I'm really excited for here, and you know what, we should have, we should have given ourselves a little more time, perhaps, so we would be able to cut a promo <laughs> on each other for this new exciting game that we want to play. Starting with Hard to Kill coming up next on January 16th, very soon, just a couple of days after. Probably you're hearing this. When this when this episode drops, so it'll be good while you're listening to this to maybe play along who your picks are mm-hmm. as well. Me and, <laughs> and don't 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 be afraid to get a hold of us on uh, on you know on the net on the on the network on the socials <laughs> and all that. Don't, don't don't be afraid to get a hold of us and maybe share some of your. Uh, your picks and um, how you know your your record, shall we say, your one loss record, shall we say? I'd be really uh, I'd be really excited to hear from some of our listeners with that. So basically, what I'm going to do here, guys, is we're going to throw each match out, and then we kind of have to uh, we kind of have to pick one. All right. Uh, so. Match number one. Okay, and I just I, I had to go on the interwebs and all that to kind of see you know what the final card was because unfortunately I didn't catch last week's impact. But uh, according to the interwebs, Karate Man versus Ethan Page. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the first thing I'm going to ask is who the what the fuck is Karate Man? Who the hell is that? <laughs> Karate Man is Ethan Page's alter ego. Like they've been shooting a bunch of like uh, vignettes backstage where Ethan Page has been talking to Karate Man, and so yeah, obviously this this is going to be a cinematic match because there's no other way they could do it. Uh, oh my god! Okay, I need a drink. Just a sec. I've, I've, I've got the Jack and Coke going in my Motorhead mug here, and okay. 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 
since I won't be able to watch Hard to Kill on Saturday, can you record it? <laughs> Do what I can. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I want to watch Ethan Page versus Ethan Page. I mean the karate man. Yeah, okay. I uh, see. I this was the one where I really didn't even have it a, have a winner for because I just I didn't understand what was going on. So what do you, who do you guys got? Uh, it's hard to say because, like, as as far as I know right now, Ethan Page is a free agent. He's not even signed with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, anymore. he is. A, he is a free agent. Oh, yeah. Okay. So who knows? Like, this whole thing might just be some sort of like revelation for Ethan Page, saying like, "I know what I have to do," and then I don't know. He, the The ending is either going to lead to him like either becoming a different character and him re-signing with the company or him moving on somewhere else because I've heard NXT is interested in him. Maybe AEW might be. Who knows? Uh, he could probably play an, an integral part in the AEW Impact uh, working relationship. But, right. yeah. That's hard to say, really, at the moment. Because, yeah, this, this whole this whole angle is so... <laughs> this is the worst match to start this off with. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go with Karate Man. I'm going to okay. go with Karate Man. Just, maybe if because Paige is on his way out, perhaps. You know, we're not saying for sure. Well, you want to, you know, if a guy's leaving then it's the time-honored tradition, which those might be out the window by now. It's it's tradition to put the guy over on your way out. All right, well, then, yeah, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Karate Man, too, because if he... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, okay, so all of us... You know karate us. Man. Yep. God help us all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, next up... The uh, uh, what did they call it? The six six person, no holds barred. The old school rules six man. That's it. The old yeah. school rules six man tag team. Eric Young, the Deaner, and Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. Now the idea behind this, okay, from what I've been surmising is it's like a Texas Tornado match, but with three on each side. Mm-hmm. And no rules, whoever scores the pin. Basically, the old ECW rules. Okay, because right. every match... there Was was there ever a disqualification in ECW? <laughs> no, it, you just it, you just kind yeah, of fought it, until you won. Yeah, in actual ECW, there was no disqualification. In right. W- in WWE, CW, yeah, different story. <laughs> Count. No. <laughs> that in itself is a whole other turnbuckle talk. Vince's idea of the of the ECW and all that. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the, I'm thinking this match is just for a way for Tommy Dreamer to go. See, I was in ECW. Remember me? I I did it. I did it. I did it. And remember my buddy Rhino? He was in it too. Even though they've already done this several times, like they've had they had the two ECW one night stands in WWE, and even uh, Impact like ten years ago did uh, did uh, their extreme Hard- reunion show. Yeah, it was called Hardcore Justice instead of Hard Justice. Oh, 
That was ECW. really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but they, it was like <laughs> that pay per view was like they did so many interviews with uh, with uh, TNA stars talking about ECW, but they couldn't mention ECW by name. <laughs> couldn't actually. I still say remember name, yeah. just incredible running down the ramp in an ECW shirt, and they had to pan away, and the camera had the guy. You hooked, the camera guy when you had to take this. You have to take that fucking shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> We can get well, to like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, like the the best parts though were like the TNA uh, stars talking about their favorite memories of that that Philadelphia wrestling company. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the 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 absolute best one is when AJ Styles was talking about when uh, Sandman was whipping uh, Tommy Dreamer with the kendo stick, and when <laughs> when uh, Tommy Dreamer said, "Thank you, sir. May I have another?" Oh, the way H. I. Styles was talking about it, he just sounded like he was like on an episode of Drunk History. Where he was like, so "Yeah, there's these two guys, right? And they're and they're fighting and they hate each other." And then there's one guy, he hits him with a candlestick, and then the other guy stands up and he says, "Oh yeah, thank you, sir. May I have another?" <laughs> just that. <laughs> that fight like- in that promotion where Tommy Dreamer won the Philadelphia Wrestling Championship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah. these guys they hate each other, right? And they're, they're, they're just hitting each other. They're bleeding. And all <laughs> can't even say the word Sandman. <laughs> this this guy called Jack New was just wrecking <laughs> Jack <everybody>. New. <laughs> no, even even during the commentary for it, like uh I oh, I forget because like, they they couldn't re- refer to them as the ECW guys. They had to call them like extreme version two point or something. Yeah. Or they were like EV two for short. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Taz was on commentary with Mike Tenay from uh, from WCW, and there were several points where they were just like they're pretty. You could pretty much they were just like phoning it in for commentary. They were like, it's like, oh yeah, that's like because I think they were talking about the Blue World Order, but they couldn't actually say the Blue World Order or the BWO because the WWE owns that now. He owns that. So, yeah, they, they called it like BV two or something. He's like, oh BV two, that's close to EV two, and then Taz goes, yep. The seedy underbelly of the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, but then later on in the show, towards the end, when the Sandman actually came out, not to enter Sandman, by the way. (laughs) But um, yeah, he comes out and like Mike Tenay just goes, oh, what the hell? It's the Sandman. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I remember during that pay per view. That was great. Oh yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be originally. It was just supposed to be like the Hard Justice TNA pay per view that they had every year at the time. The next episode of Impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. With all with all of this in mind, now who do you guys? Who are you guys taking with this? I gotta go with Rhino and Tommy. I gotta really. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna go with Eric Young, Diener, and Doring because like they're trying to build them as like a threatening stable right now in the company. So I think it would be stupid for them not to put them over. I'm going to agree with you, Matt. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. I think uh, they're like they're, it's it's going to be a barn burner, and Dreamer is going to do everything, and Rhino is going to do everything that they can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically nostalgia. For ECW fans, but they want to like, like you said, they want to push, you know, young this 
you know, Eric Young as what's his give, what's his name, the maniac something. Uh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so professionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Next, next one up. The X Division title champ, championship match. Manic is defending against Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. Who yeah. do you guys think I got? I'm going to go with uh, Manic because I think this whole thing where, like, like it's pretty obvious that TJ Parker or TJP is Manic. So they're, I think, I think they're going to keep continuing the storyline on for a couple more weeks or at least until the next pay per view, I think. Because, like, I think, uh, I think, uh, Chris Bay just kind of got dragged into the whole thing, uh, on the last episode of Impact. So, I think to, to have the, the them reveal that Manic is TJP right away is probably. I mean, uh, he already revealed it on his Instagram. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was pretty obvious in the get go, like seeing tattoos, mm-hmm. like, but yeah, yeah. So I think that's gonna, yeah, that's that. I, I'm gonna go for Manic, and then it's gonna keep going. The storyline's gonna keep going on for another another few weeks at least. Okay, what about you, dude? I was going to say before Matt said that, I was going to say, I'm going to go, I got to go for TJ, I mean Manic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kind of the same reason, I guess. Yeah. I think that is going to continue with with, T, with TJP and all that, but without the Manic gimmick, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time is up. And I think it's going to be TJP chasing uh, Raju for the title. Okay, so you're picking Raju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The ladies' title match, Deanna Perrazzo is defending against Ty Valkyrie. What do you guys think? I'm going for Deanna Perrazzo because she's an incredible heel champion, and I want to see her have a really long run with, with the belt. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that, too. Like they're good. Like they're going. They maybe with her, they're gonna give it some 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 stability and give her give her the push for sure. I don't think I don't think Taya needs it right now. No, no, she already had a really long run with the belt, so mm-hmm. no point in giving it back to her. All right. So what about you, dude? I don't know. I like them both. <laughs> I'm okay. gonna play any mini mini mole. Eeny, meeny, miny, tie of Valkyrie. Uh, okay. okay, all right. No. Oh, right on. Right on. Now, uh, do we need an Impact Women's Champion Tag Team title right now? I really don't think so. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's debatable. Like, they, they do have one of the best women's divisions in wrestling. Like, Impact and, Impact and NXT are pretty much neck and neck when it comes to, like, their their women's divisions so yeah yeah uh, really, yeah but whether or not like they have enough like <laughs> solid teams you know like i don't know i don't know we'll if see. it can spill over into AEW, then yes i think they that they could make it work oh okay yeah fair enough fair enough so we got uh havoc and nevea versus kira hogan and tasha steel's in the finals of this tournament, which I was bummed. I was bummed. Like, 
in this household, we we were as much as I love Rosemary and all that. We were really pushing for Jordan Grace and Jazz because Mrs. Snowy is a fan of ECW from mm-hmm. back in the day with me. She used to watch every Friday night with me and all that. And she was like, Jazz, well, she she's bald now and she's put on a few, but she still looks great and all that. So we were we were we were cheering for for jazz the whole tournament but yeah i was telling me they weren't going to the finals yeah i was kind of thinking that they were i, I was hoping that they were going to make it to the finals last week on impact but uh yeah obviously that didn't happen so i don't know just kind of a, as a, a flip of the coin i'm just going to say uh, havoc and nevada oh, okay yeah and what about you dude i'm gonna have to go with whatever who's jazz teaming up with again well, she's, she's, there, there, she's gone. No. Okay, then yeah, have a good Yeah. Okay, I'm going with the other one. Just, I think they're building... Those Those are the monsters, Havoc and Nevaeh, and I think they want to give Hogan and Steels the push. Mm-hmm. And all that, so I'm... This is the only Hogan that deserves a push in 2021. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yes. 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 I imagine. I, I hope that's her. I hope that's her shoot name. Her, her real last name. I hope she didn't show up, you know, from the Indies to impact. And then Cyrus went here. We're going to call you this. Uh, yeah, that is her real name. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Uh, I know we're really looking forward to this six 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 man tag: the Elite versus uh, Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns, and of course the Elite being Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. You know, versus yeah. Swan and the Machine Guns. Who you guys got? I have a feeling we're all all three are going to be thinking the same thing. Yeah, like we, I, I have to like they wouldn't have built this story bringing in uh, Kenny Omega only for him to lose. Mm-hmm. It's like Don Callis is not that stupid. Like he's he's got a big part in this, and I know he has all the creative control in the world in this company. So I doubt very much he would actually book Kenny Omega to lose his first match with Impact in the crossovers. Of course, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm thinking the same thing. Um, they're they're building the elite like a, a, another new world order type angle, and you have to keep it strong, and you have to have you know the impact wrestlers on their heels, you know, and then they have to make the comeback, and you know they have to fight back and all that. So right now with this angle, we're kind of. We're at the Hogan turn of the NWO. <laughs> yeah, sort except, of. You know, we're kind of at that point. Yeah. Instead of uh, the instead of Omega being the third man, I guess the Gallows and Anderson are the other two men. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's like it, but different. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. So okay, Matt is going with the elite. Snow is going with the elite, and who's Ducky going with? Here's what's going through my mind. Okay. What if Don Callis booked Omega to lose, but Rich Swan pinned him? Uh and and but and then challenged him to an AEW title shot. Hmm. Hmm. Title versus title sometime down the line. I think I could see that 
you know, at an AEW pay-per-view sometime. Yeah. Maybe what's the next one? All in or revolution. Yeah. Oh, it would, okay. uh, I wouldn't think in the match if, if the elite were to lose, I don't think Omega would take the pin. No, it would no. have to be one of the machine guns taking out probably Carl Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you're, maybe, you're, or, or maybe Rich Swan pinning Carl Anderson. I think that would have to be the finish if they would have to go that route. That's, that's interesting actually. I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're taking the impact faces. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm gonna get a ho- lot of hate mail for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, God, I can great. read them already. I, well, I'm gonna no be, I'm, I'm gonna be cheering for the impact guys. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm not predicting, I'm not predicting them to win, but I'm gonna be cheering for them. Yeah, like I, I'm my predicted finish is that Kenny's gonna hit the one wicked angel on Rich Swan and win the match, but. Who knows? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm thinking maybe uh, someone else from AEW is going to join, or maybe someone from Impact is going to uh, jump or something. Like, it's 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 NWO all over again. Or, or if Moxley distracts Omega. Oh, that could happen too. Yeah, yeah, Mox- because okay. he hasn't. Moxley hasn't been in TNA in forever since his. Like two tryout matches. Yeah, and no one really knows anything. When he had pink hair. Yeah. When he had long pink hair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting excited for this already. And one more, fit, finally, one more. And I guess this is the main event because there's going to be no ropes, I believe, and it's going to be barbed wire. All the way around the ring. Eddie so they're Edwards. either going to do that first or last. Mm-hmm. I was well, like, it. It has to be last. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be last. I don't. I, sure. like, the first. When Abyss was first. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but I don't see Callus booking it first. You know, he's he's kind of old school, and that's definitely going. I'm predicting they're going to be, you know, booking that. Last, who have you guys got? Because okay, like there's gonna be no, 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 no ring or no ropes, just barbed wire all around. And this looks like it was tailor made for you, dude. I'm going with. I gotta go with Sammy. He's a deathmatch guy. I gotta go. Gotta go with Sammy. (laughs) Okay, you're both. It was also Sammy Callahan's idea for ICW to use the chains. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Sammy Callahan, aka New Metal John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I nice. See this, I just want to see the Switchblade conspiracy reunion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, myself, I'm I'm going the other way. I think this is the way they're going to blow off like this feud between those two. Because I'm thinking they might be key players down the line in, uh, you know, in the war against the elite. So, and they're probably going to want their baby face to go out strong on this. So I was going with Eddie. I guess it all depends on when when the match happens in the show, but we'll find that out when it happens or when the, yeah, when the show goes live. Normally, I'm not big on matches like this, 
but or at least you might get the opinion that I'm not big on this because, you know, I grunt and groan and piss and moan when I got to watch three <laughs> hours of death matches and all that. But <laughs> this is the way you use barbed wire. This is the way you use matches like this for the blow off. Yeah, not you know? not as like a, a normal, like everyday thing, <laughs> That's like, right. a, like a normalized thing. That's right. You and you are in a match. You yeah. know, like you're both friends in real life and in in uh, and in storyline. OK, you're both good, good friends or whatever. But go in there with fucking machine guns or <laughs> machetes. By the way, you got to wrestle three times tonight. Yeah, yeah. I just ah, I just uh, no, no, it's not for me. It's admirable, but it gets to be it's it's a bit much. Like it is, it is. <laughs> this is this is the way you use matches like this. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm actually it it should be a good one. And I I like both as as performers, I like both Edwards and Callahan, you know. So it should be a lot of fun. So I I just, I, I can't I, sorry. I just hope that uh I just hope that Edwards doesn't take another baseball bat to the face. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. That I still, I still yeah. have that vividly in my head and all that. It makes and you like, cringe every time. Like I, I watched it on YouTube and I was like, Duh, the sound. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like watching Ridge Holland's knee break. It's like, oh, that sounded like mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and it was Callahan's reaction. Yeah, how he, he he knew he messed up, but he had to stay in character. Like right, he was right, yeah. for a second went, oh fuck! Like he was, yeah, he was like, oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe that. Like, yeah, you know. So, uh, uh. in Jr.'s words, it was a sickening thud. <laughs> oh, that sound! That came. Yeah. yeah. By God, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> By God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay well i can't wait until the end of hard to kill after i've won this chuck and shit cutting a promo after i've won this let me tell you something okay <laughs> three of us and, let me tell you me gene yeah of the three of us, I am the one in the prime of his life. I see no reason for a youngin and a veteran to be winning the first, first ever WNIC heavyweight championship. There we are. There we are. We all got to work on our promo, but hey. Now, should the winner cut a heel promo and roast the other two after we win? Like, uh, we should probably, I'm sure. It all depends on how many drinks I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I have no doubt who's going to be victorious in this. Oh, well, of yeah. course. It's going to be me, obviously. <laughs> okay. So what happens if there's a draw? Uh, uh, co champion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or I find a match you two have never seen and you have to pick either one or the other. And you watch that's, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what we should do. Good idea. Good idea. A, a sudden, a sudden death, not sudden victory. Mm-hmm. Because this is sudden this death. Is, so I throw on a death, death. man. Be like, pick. 
That's right. Who doesn't bleed the most? If, in, in the event of a tie, yes, the one that's, you know, the, you know, the, the father of the boy that doesn't win. For, for a Simpsons <laughs> reference, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, then that person goes and finds an old match. Okay, that you know n- neither has the other has seen or knows the result of, and that's how we decide. Okay, that's yeah. that's good. That's good. We, that's, we don't have to mow each other's lawns in our wives' Sunday best. <laughs> like I said, it all depends on how many drinks I've had. Does, it doesn't have to be signed in blood, does it? Well, I don't, know. I don't know. After a barbed wire match, I don't know. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll leave it up to the bookers at Impact Wrestling. So. Yeah, yeah, and our own little, our our own little. Um, well, I guess okay. Football has Monday morning quarterbacks. What would wrestling have? Like Tuesday morning Booker or Monday morning Booker? I guess because the pay per views were traditionally on Sundays. Yeah, I guess so we might have to call it that. So we'll put with every one of these events, we'll put on our Monday morning Booker caps, and uh, and we'll we'll go from there. Given given who the EVP of the company is, and given that it's on Saturday, we'll call it the Sunday Morning Cyrus. How about that? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking Sunday forward <laughs> to it. As you has, he hears uh, that, he's going to turn it into a fucking interview show on Impact. Well, I think I think WWE writes the name Cyrus the Virus. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Callus is just Callus from this point on, and I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. What I am also good with is tonight's turnbuckle talk. If you have been a listener of all 20 episodes with us, holy shit, or maybe discovered us, you know, episode 10, 11, 12, whichever then you would probably um, would recall us um, starting this whole crazy train off with our very first episode where we decided, oh, you know, let's go with kind of the tried and true and go with the old standby of our Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Those five or four, sorry, five, those four legends, you know, that really mean the most to you. Like when you think of, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy are the four greatest of all time for whatever reason, for whatever, um, for whatever category that you have or any ideas or what you think makes a great wrestler. Those would be the reason. So I was thinking maybe to celebrate our 20th episode, let's do go back to the whole Mount Rushmore idea, but maybe something a little bit different because it's not just the participants in the ring that make up professional wrestling. No. Okay. 
there is a number of things. There's a variety of other of other positions and ideas and contributions to the wonderful world of pro wrestling, such as the managers, such mm-hmm. as the the TV broadcasters, the play by play, the interview people, and all that. Like there's there's just so many other things. And over the years, like if you do it properly, okay, you can become a character all of your own without usurping any of the attention from the ring. I think the best, the best people that have done have done just that. They've carved out their own niche while not taking any away from anything within the ring. Maybe even enhanced it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of sat down and said, okay, what about this, 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 and this? And I'm really excited to hear what you guys came up with. I figured we would go about the same way that we did with the first episode. So number one on your Mount Rushmore of others there, I guess, Matt, what, uh, what was your idea? My Mount Rushmore of others. I got my four picks. My first pick was Jr. Like he's the best commentator of all time, in my opinion. He's okay. Yeah, like that. That guy had a voice that could make you like care about what you were actually seeing. He could heighten the drama that was inside happening inside the ring. Like nowadays, like in his stuff in AEW, like he. He's not as good as he used to be, admittedly, and like he kind of screws up a lot now. But that's mm-hmm. he, he's getting along, so it's kind of it's it's well, pretty. Yeah. Nice. He's got to be in his seventies by now. Yeah, but like nice. yeah, but like his his prime stuff in WWF and WWE, he he could make you believe that what you were watching was the most important thing that you were watching in your entire life. It, he could heighten the drama just by by yelling. Like, even if it was just repeating Stone Cold's name over and over again after he, <laughs> after he won the WWF title at WrestleMania 14. Stone Cold! Stone, Stone Cold! Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Yeah. 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 He knew exactly how, when and how to drop it. Yeah. Or, or if there was, like, someone a run-in, he could, like, make it seem like this is the most dastardly thing that's ever happened in the history of humankind. Or... Uh, even more recently, I was watching a review of uh, WrestleMania 19. There was a the a mat, the match between Booker T and uh, Triple H for the World Heavyweight Title. Ah, <laughs> there was there was a part in that match where Rick or there was many parts in that match where Ric Flair was interfering on behalf of Triple H, and at one point, <laughs> at one point, Booker T knocked <laughs> knocked Ric Flair off the ring apron. Lawler was trying to defend. Uh, Rick Flair, obviously, being that Lawler was the heel guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lawler was like, "Oh well, that's 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 showing such disrespect to Rick Flair." And Jr. went, "Flair has no business out here, damn it!" But <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't fair for Flair. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> but just the way that Rick Flair, just the way that yeah, Jr. I feel a disturbance stuff. in the force. Did your wife just V eight herself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she just got to chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I have Ross, Jim Ross, on my list as well. My experience with Ross goes back 
to the old UWF, the first one. When we first started getting uh, the Universal Wrestling Federation up here, like on Sunday afternoons, and I knew back then, like this guy's one of the highlights. Like he could take, like he got so excited. Okay. <laughs> now remember the Ross that you knew that would get excited. The Stone Cold, Stone Cold, but a younger version. Okay, a younger version that you could get, like uh, just Terry Taylor, Chris Adams. You know, like he got those guys over big time and all that, just with his enthusiastic play-by-play. And he worked well with Ted DiBiase. He worked well with Michael Hayes. He worked well just by himself. Like, I knew right from the start, like, holy shit, this Jim Ross guy, he's definitely got it going on. So good choice. Got him himself. What about you? What's your first choice? Sorry. Yeah, he, like, something about his voice, even though, like, I was going to say earlier, like, even though, like, in AEW, he's not, like, as good as he used to be, there's just something about like the the cadence in his voice, that the familiarity that just like it's comforting almost when you're watching professional wrestling. It makes you feel like makes you feel like what you're watching is like the good old thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's important. What he's saying is important. Mm, you know? Exactly. And, and I like like Vince was always he sounds so southern and all that, but yet you had him on the show for twenty years. Like, yeah, he's from Oklahoma for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you like, well, what? What do you want? Yeah. Like, he's the best damn play by play guy, and I don't give a shit about his accent. Yeah, he was absolutely Fuck. amazing. Fuck Vince, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck Vince, Get- fuck my whole Fuck. What about you, dude? What's your first choice? Your first face on the mountain. I had Jim Ross as well, but I'm going to say his name a bit later. I'm first. I'm going to have to go with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What's what's your what's numero uno? The reason for you to have Heyman. Well, I'm going to have to go with ECW. No, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the man behind the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul E. Dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved his WCW when he would hit people with a cell phone. That was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, one of the, one of, oh, yeah, we should, uh, this is actually something that we should be saving for another episode. Like the 10, the 10 greatest moments of Paul E. Paul e or whatever. Yeah, when he schmucked Cornette with that. With with the phone and the gusher that Cornet bled on that white suit, oh yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. And and he was you know he was the manager of uh, oh he was he goes back to the AWA as well for me. So yeah, and a choice. Yeah, even his work in uh, I'll, I'll I'll say right now, Paul Heyman was on my list too. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> we have a lot of comments over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Paul, he my list too, and he, uh, yeah, absolutely. His his manager work and his commentary work when he was brought into the WWF when uh, when Jerry Lawler was released from his contract in 2001. Okay. Yeah, he was like probably one of the only guys you could get to fill in legitimately for the King. Like, like Jr. and the King is a classic combination, but. Uh, if I had to pick a second favorite Attitude Era, 
the commentary team, like there would probably be Jr. and uh, and Heyman, because like Heyman Heyman could sell like the heel work of anybody, and right. he or like even the way he sells like Brock Lesnar in recent years, like he's he's a talker. He knows what's going on. Like he knows he understands professional wrestling better than most people will ever understand professional wrestling. He's he's one of the greatest minds in the in the history of the business. For sure. For sure. I'll definitely, I'll definitely agree with that. So we're kind of off and running for number two. You've got Paul Heyman as well. Um, For myself, my second head on the mountain is Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm-hmm. Well, there's my number two. <laughs> yeah. I, I also, okay. Right. okay. Well, then I'm I'm going to throw it to you, Ducky. There. Why? Why? Why Heenan? What? What? Where? What? What body of work, or anything about him that makes you go this guy? The first time I saw Bobby Heenan, it was he was in that stupid weasel outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Wait, wait for. The Warrior or Buck Zumhoff in the AWA? Warrior. Oh, okay, okay. I kind of, I kind of. AWA, so. Snowy, how old am I? <laughs> well, I don't know. This is, does I know Vince, Vince not own the catalog? I don't know a lot. Come on. Does Vince not own the ca- the catalog of the AWA, though? Like, is the shit not up on the network? I don't know. Like, I haven't been on the network while well, I'm going to go on there and check. I've never looked, so yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to throw my two cents in with Bobby the Brain Heenan because he was the first manager in, like, it was, I discovered the world of professional wrestling in 79, and he was the, he was managing Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens, and, like, he, he was the big heel manager. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was the big bad guy, like, right from the start. Okay, and then it, it, it continued all throughout the AWA, and then, you know, he was the big heel in the WWF for the, the longest time, you know, against against Hogan, like the Heenan family, and all that. And then his shift over to WCW, where he was basically a play-by-play guy, you know, and I'll never forget, okay, when Hogan turned heel... In the NWO, when started the whole NWO, all that you kind of you might have thought, okay, Heenan's going to turn to NWO, and we're actually going to see Bobby Heenan managing Hulk Hogan. Like the world's going to come to an end, you know. <laughs> hell has now frozen over. Heenan is now managing Hogan. No, Heenan turns face because of the Hogan heel turn, just on. The mic doing the play, the play-by-play on Hogan has betrayed. He's betrayed us. See, I told you, I told you, I've been telling you all along, Shivani. This man is scum. He's a hooligan. He's this, that, he's that, and I, uh, it's like wow. Heenan is now face mm-hmm. because of the Hogan. <laughs> so it's like here's a guy like he just. He was as much as I like. I didn't really dig a lot of the WWF stuff going up, going you know, growing up. Heenan was always entertaining and all that because yeah. just listening to him talking, 
and all that and putting his guys over and, you know, bad, bad mouthing, you know, the opponents and all that. It's just, ah, yeah. it's just, just an amazing character. He was like the Lex Luthor of, of pro wrestling for so many years. He, he could make people boo just by pointing at his head. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's the like I don't know how during the AWA run, like I don't know how he got out of the old Winnipeg Arena alive. Because oh. that was during the territory days where everyone bought into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was the most hated man in Winnipeg. You know, (laughs) honestly, I don't know how he wasn't stabbed or something. You hear so many horror stories about heels being attacked by fans and all that in the territories because that's just we we were just it's real to us, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, fans reacted differently back then. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a point to the head can make people boo, and the fucking drop toehold can make people cheer. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Jeez, yeah. Vern Gagne, Vern Gagne, and Nick Bockwinkel used to pack the AWA or the AWA, the 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 old Winnipeg Arena, just to, because they both had the sleeper hold. Who had a better sleeper hold? Like, and uh, everyone was enthralled by that. It was just absolutely fantastic. And Heenan, Heenan was always in the thick of things. Oh, yeah. He was, was kind of like, in a way, he was kind of like Paul Heyman before there was Paul Heyman. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You, ask, you ask managers today, well, who made you want to be a manager? Well, you ask Cornette, you ask... Well, Coronet's a legend himself now, but you 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 asked the Heymans and all that, who you know wanted made you want to be a manager, and they're all going to say Heenan. Yeah, the brain, Bobby's yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah, the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're now head number three. What does everybody want? <laughs> we 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 want we no we want we we want your third choice up on the mountain of pro wrestling. What do you got, Matt? My third choice. Well, I guess like three of my choices have already been said, so this is technically my fourth choice. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby Heenan, Paul Hammond, and Jr. were my right. three of them. So, yeah, uh, those are three of mine too. So I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm just going to, <laughs> I'm just going to give you my third here. Okay. And okay, you guys listen to Radioactive Metal. You guys are the co-host of this program, so you are very familiar with me saying in the meantime and in between time. That's it. Another exciting episode of whichever. That is a phrase from what one Ed Whalen. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with who Ed Whalen is, he was pretty much the voice of the old Stampede territory. Okay. And that, that was one of his catchphrases. Ed Whalen himself, who was also the play-by-play guy for many years for the Calgary Flames hockey team as well. Okay, that was quite a buzz. Okay. When I found that out, you know, and uh, for some, I don't remember how how it was, but for some reason we were getting a Calgary Flames hockey feed into one of our channels and all that. I'm like, why do I hear Ed Whalen? Oh, it's a Flames game. 
oh, he must do the Calgary Flames as well because he lives in Calgary. He does stampede wrestling. So that that absolutely blew me away. They, they say Tony Schiavone was the voice of your childhood. If you were a stampede wrestling fan up here, you know, in the on the prairies and, you know, in, in Canada, you know, and in B.C. for a while, then Ed Whalen was definitely, you know, part of a voice of your childhood as well. He had a lot of those colorful phrases, you know, like like I use like I'm I'm channeling my inner Ed Whalen. Another one that I really dug and he uses a lot is a ring a ding dong dandy. Okay, and I, <laughs> I I walk around the house, okay, just saying to myself, and that's a ring a ding dong dandy. <laughs> you know, there would be a big brawl, fighting a big six there's a six man match, and it goes outside the ring, and <laughs> Waylon ends up just goes that's it. Everybody's fighting everybody. Okay, whenever we watch wrestling now, okay, and the and the brawl breaks out, both my wife at the same time. Everybody's fighting everybody because it's just Ed Whalen, Ed Whalen, who yep. we who is unfortunately is no longer with us, and that's too bad because he's definitely someone that I would have wanted to have interviewed for the show and just thank him for absolutely everything. Yeah. One of the voices of my, of my teens, by the time we got it up here, I was in my teens, Mr. Ed Whalen. For sure. For sure. Finally. I think we're all number four. Who Mm -hmm. wants to share? Who wants to share our, our final head on the, on the massive mountain of pro wrestling. Shivani. My number Oh, Shivani, yeah. He's he was good. He's one of the best. <laughs> oh, for sure. It was a tough it was either Shivani or Mike Tanay, but uh, it was it was a tough decision. Okay. Yeah. Why why Skiavone? Because Skiavone. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that recognizable voice. It's just like JR that makes you And same with Mike Tanay. Even like hearing today's voice randomly now, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. I always liked Tanay. Like I know a lot of people, a lot of fans, and all that kind of gave him him crap and all that. He was no good. He was just no. Tanay was amazing. Like they called him the professor. Yeah, uh, you know because he was. Yeah, <laughs> he knew everything about everyone. He, he knew more about people than people knew about themselves. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right for sure. For sure. What about you, dude? Uh, my number four was actually the only non-commentator on my list. Uh, my number four was Paul Bearer. Oh. Yeah. Right on. Like, well, yeah, Paul Bearer, he, like, or Percy Pringle, whatever you want to call him, he, <laughs> his work as Paul Bearer, though, or William Moody, his work as Paul Bearer, he knocked it out of the park entirely. Like, he, he, he was given that role, he was told what to do, and he was just, he went with it. He's, oh, he had never yeah. done anything like that before. For sure, you have to wonder if the Undertaker would have gotten over as much as he did if he didn't have the Paul Bearer mouthpiece because he wasn't much of a promo. He was just this big evil guy, but yet you had an even eviler guy. Yeah, (laughs) even though like he had uh, like Brother Love was Undertaker's original mouthpiece, but you those two were like 
oil and yeah. water literally go really to fits. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had to bring in somebody and like, yeah. So William Moody signed his contract with uh, the WWF. And when Vince McMahon found out that he was a real life funeral director, <laughs> he, he absolutely cackled at that fact because he knew he wanted to pair him up with the undertaker. Right. And here, here William Moody was a real life undertaker. Like, and yeah, so like, and I, I think it was one of the road warriors backstage when they were still trying to come up with a name for him. One of the world, I think, I, I, I don't remember whether it was Animal or Hawk, but one of them just goes, Hey, what about the name Paul? Paul Bearer. You get it? It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there could not be a more perfect name for. A manager for someone named The Undertaker than Paul Bear. Like yeah. The like, pun is just too delicious, you know? <laughs> it works yeah. so well. Yeah. And, and and also the fact that, like, yeah, Undertaker, he wasn't much of a promo back then. He couldn't, he wasn't, yeah, like Mark Holloway hadn't really done his, his uh, promo chops all that well. And, like, he, but when he did talk, it was like that low, slow, like, really gruff voice to cap off the promos but and then to have the complete opposite this like short little weaselly man with the most high-pitched voice you've ever heard in your life that could just like one look of his face like the facial expressions he would pull off too would just give you the <laughs> give you the willies. like it was, it was it was halloween every time you know paul bearer you saw him it was halloween again yeah yeah and like like he he got over like two words that people I guarantee you, most people say in their everyday life, just saying, oh, yes, or mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And, but the way he said it with that, with that voice and just how he draw it or uh, drew it out <laughs> like that, just like that, oh, yes! Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of those vignettes where, like, they would show, like, the graveyard and Paul Bearer would just, like, walk into frame holding the urn, and he would just be like, oh, are you looking for me? <laughs> you do that quite well. You got to go back as well. Go on YouTube, scour the internets and all that. Find his work as Percy Pringle as well. Yeah, and like the yeah, the uh, oh. territory days. Yeah, when he had blo- like bleach blonde hair, and we would carry. A cane instead of an urn. Uh, and he, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he, and he was, wore oh, pink. He was. Oh, everyone just. He he was. He was one of those mad. Like if you asked him who was your favorite manager, he would have said Heenan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a little Weasley bastard too. That when the when the uh, when the face got a hold of him, you know, the place just erupted. <laughs> oh, like even like my first memory of Paul Bear was like. Uh, during it was during the Ministry of Darkness during the Attitude Era, when uh, was one of the one of the times when Paul Bearer had flip flopped between Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> but in, in this instance, he was with the Undertaker again, and like yeah, he like he tried to run away from Stone Cold Steve Austin. He opened a door and Kane was standing there, and he just went. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because that's when they went to embalm Austin, and then they just kidnapped. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Oh. I remember that was one of the first episodes of Raw I ever saw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that voice. <laughs> and then it ended with them throwing him in a sewer. Yep. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Kane got the manhole off and Stone Cold got a promo on Paul Bearer and the entire time he's just shaking his head going, no! Yeah. One of these times we got to do an episode in nothing but our imitations. I'd be going between, yeah. It's just kind of bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, not, not even talking about that person. Just talking about what's going on now, but like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hard, hard right. to kill, dig it. <laughs> yeah. mm. right. right on, right on. And finally, uh, and I'm not going to go into any reasons why, but I lost my kick-ass collection of wrestling magazines, all that I just accumulated all throughout all 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 throughout my teens. Every month. Okay, from about 84 up to the early 90s, okay, I was buying at least four, at least four different magazines a month, okay? There were some quarterly editions or titles that that would come out. Those months means I would buy six of them, and they all came from the same production company, okay, which these, these... Okay, the monthlies that I bought all the time were Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, The Wrestler, and Sports Review Wrestler. Wrestling, okay? The quarters lees were wrestling and then the name. Oh, shit. And what was the, what was the other quarterly? Oh, geez, it's been a while. Well, anyways, there's, I was buying I had this amazing collection. They, for the most part, they all came from this one publishing company mostly edited by a man named Bill Apter. Yeah. Okay. Once in a while you might see Bill Apter over the years. Not not on the WWF because they had the WWF magazine and all that. So yeah. these these magazines never got acknowledged. But the other federations, especially come time the end of the year or the beginning of the new Okay, when Pro Wrestling Illustrated would have their award ceremony. As a matter of fact, last episode, I mentioned we have our own because of the PDP, the PWI awards, you know, kind mm-hmm. of what, what, what we wanted to do as well. Well, this, the individual, okay, behind that did most of the editing for a lot of these was one Bill Apter. And he would appear a lot, you know, in the territories at the beginning of New Year's when he would present like he I remember him presenting the the uh, most improved wrestler to Kurt Henning. You know, right after he'd come heel and he was the AWA champion and he's trying to give, 
you know, the most improved award to Kurt Henning. And Henning is like, what? Does this mean I was no good last year? I was the best <laughs> last year. Now I'm the champion and all that. It's like, it's like, oh, all I want to do is give you this award and all that. So basically, I spent my formative years reading way too many wrestling magazines, and they were all what became known as the Aptor mags. And all that. So Bill Apter, Bill Apter is always going to be, you know, a big part of my wrestling, uh, my my wrestling career fandom, shall we say. Now, he kind of gave up the reins uh, in the early 90s and he started the 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 W.O.W. magazine, Wow Wrestling, which only lasted a couple years or a couple, no, maybe even about a year and all that. And they went from total kayfabe magazines, which all the after magazines were total kayfabe. Okay, because that was still part. For going from one month doing a kayfabe magazine to wow wrestling, which is all which is all shoot and all that. It's like, oh shit. Like Willie, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and you, you know, you're you're exposing the business overnight. Uh, but it never, it never diminished, you know, what, what Mr. Apter did leading up to that. Oh, I knew this was going to be entertaining. It's always a buzz sitting down and talking to you guys. And when we can pick each other's brain for a topic like this, it's especially entertaining. <laughs> if we have, do we have anything else that... Maybe we might want to throw out there. I just saw a rumor for a Royal Rumble entrant. Is it The Rock? No, it's for the female Rumble. Oh. Ooh. Victoria. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay. That's... That'd be cool. Oh. That would be cool. Uh, uh, right on. Maybe since it's Monday night, I'm going to maybe I'll catch the replay later on. Tonight, how can uh, people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada or on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. Right on, right on. And of course, wrestling night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Check that out. That's your one stop shop for all. Um, all awesome podcasts. It's predominantly a pro wrestling, you know, network. But you know, there's uh, there's also music. There's pop culture. There's comedy. There's pretty much anything. Big, sorry, something for everyone. You know, yeah. it def it definitely is. You can um, every day. You know, you can sit down, download an episode, and. You'll have something new all the time, every day. If you haven't had enough of your cool Uncle Snowy with this show, you're going to want to go over to the Shining Wizards Network and check out Radioactive Metal, where I basically kind of do the same thing, except we have band interviews and play all sorts of cool music and further embarrass myself every week. 
<laughs> if you haven't had enough of me, then there's 19 more episodes in the back catalog of this show. So <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. that's right. That's right. So go and check us out there. In the immortal words of Mr. Ed Whalen, thank you, sir. In the meantime and in between time. That's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And in the words of Chris Jericho, we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs>